Welcome to the Talking Tall Rounds series, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. With the widespread availability and access to modern imaging, there's been an increased appreciation for aortic disease involving the thoracic aorta. And as our understanding of this disease has improved, we've also learned that involvement of the aortic root specifically is an area that deserves a special attention. And so the tall rounds that we have today uh, explores this topic of aneurysms involving the aortic root from the embryology to learning about some of the nuances of imaging and the decision-making both before and after surgery, as well as some of the details that we look at in the operating room when we take care of these increasingly uh, more prevalent problems that we're seeing. We hope that you enjoy this Tall Rounds presentation and look forward to uh, your visit to other Tall Rounds in the future. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm going to be presenting a couple of cases which shows uh, two different pathologies, and so the treatment uh, was different. Uh, first one is a 34-year-old gentleman. Uh, his present, he may, he's mainly asymptomatic, uh, and uh, he was diagnosed uh, by his cardiologist uh, when he heard uh, a murmur, uh, which prompted workup, and he was found to have a bicuspid aortic valve with severe aortic regression. Uh, his comorbidities was only hypertension. Echo, as we see, shows severe aortic regression. Uh, his intraoperative CE, uh, 3D imaging, uh, showed bicuspid aortic valve with fusion of the right and left coronary cusp. CAT scan showed normal ascending aorta. However, his annulus was dilated. So we see that his annulus was ectatic, uh, measuring 37.4 millimeter. So intraoperatively, uh, Dr. Roselli did uh, subvalvular external aortic annuloplasty with 35 millimeter DRAM band and plication of the conjoint cusp and commissure plasty, in addition to clipping of the left atrial appendage. Uh, I will leave the details to Dr. Roselli, who is going to discuss it, discuss it later. Second case is a 66-year-old male uh, who presented with ascending uh, aneurysm and aortic root aneurysm. Uh, this was found uh, as an incidental finding on a CAT scan. Uh, comorbidities, mainly hypertension, history of prostate cancer, and, and vertigo. Preoperative uh, echo showed the central <coughs> regurgitation. This is short axis showing tricuspid valve with the one to two plus AI. <laughs> This is his CAT scan. Uh, seeing uh, on the left, we see the ascending aorta at the level of the right PA, and on the right side, uh, dilated aortic root. This is 3D reconstruction of his CAT scan, showing uh, aneurysmal aortic root and ascending the tapers at the level of the innominate artery. So, uh, surgery performed was uh, modified valve sparing aortic root replacement with reimplantation of the aortic valve, coronary arteries, 
uh, we used the 32 millimeter Valsalva grafts and they're sending ortho's replaced with gel wave graft. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to speak about what we do when we take these patients to the operating room, or at least uh, when they meet the surgeon, some of our considerations. Generally, when we talk about replacing the aortic root, we think about four different types of operations. This is a publication from Dr. Svensson from last year. We looked at our results from these different approaches. Root replacement with valve replacement, either a mechanical or biologic, as you see on the left. Root replacement, again, with valve replacement using a human homograft uh, aorta replacement or a valve-preserving operation. We know that we can do these really safely, again, in this series, elective operations on the aortic root replacement. The mortality was less than 1% and stroke was less than 2%. And this was a broad spectrum of patients, nearly 1,000 patients, evenly distributed across these four different operative approaches. We know that survival is excellent. You can see that in the biologic valve group, the survival is a little worse, but uh, that was an older uh, population of patients. And these operations are very durable with a rate of reoperation out to 15 years of less than 30% for all of the different choices. But when it comes down to valve choice in an institution certainly like ours where we have excellent results with all of these operations, it usually is the choice of the patient, an informed patient, unless it's very clear, and of course we'll tell a patient you choose this or that, but it's, it's often related to what their valve options entail. And I'll tell you, and many of you would probably agree, that the majority of patients do not want to be on anticoagulation long-term, so they're against mechanical valves. They will routinely choose a reoperation alternative over a mechanical valve with, uh, with the risks of being on anticoagulation. And, of course, they always choose a less invasive incision over, over a larger one, all other things being equal. Having said that, if we tell them we, can, we have a better chance of repairing or saving their valve, they don't worry about the size of their scar. And we're getting better and better at doing this. So last year, or in 2016, we did 87 uh, of these valve-preserving root replacement operations, which eclipses any other center by a large amount, I'm certain. And this year, uh, we don't have the numbers yet, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to be over 100 of these operations, again, with outstanding results. One of the things that Lars Svensson has taught us in the operating room when we work with him is that we need to think about the aortic root as a combination of multiple parts. He's provided us this class mnemonic to think about it, and I think this is helpful whether you're doing an echo on an aortic root or you're operating on an aortic root, that it's not just the conduit that delivers blood from the ventricle through the body, it's the place where the valve lives. And all of these components of the aortic root work together to make that valve work and to keep that intact. And so we think about the commissures, the leaflets, the annulus, the sinuses, and the sinotubular junction uh, as part of all the structures of the aortic root. The last three, the annulus, the sinuses, and the sinotubular junction, can all be dealt with with, an, with any of the aortic root replacement operations we talked about. The commissures and the leaflets may be repaired or may be replaced with a valve. We prefer of those four different operations, as do our patients, a valve-preserving root replacement when it's possible. 
So if the leaflet tissue and the commissures look repairable or like healthy enough tissue that we can work with those substrates, we will preserve those, those leaflets because we can address the annulus, the sinotubular junction, the sinuses with a prosthetic graft. When we do this operation, it's important that we get below the annulus. We totally deconstruct uh, this aortic root so we get to a point of fixation underneath the valve. You can see that depicted here in this cartoon where we put several of these subannular fixation sutures inside the left ventricle, and then we tie the graft over it. And this is one of, another one of the things that uh, Dr. Svensson has, has helped us with is the standardization and consistent sizing when we do this. We, we reduce the size of this annulus, in essence creating an annuloplasty by consistently tying these grafts over a Hagar dilator. And then once we have the graft seated to the left ventricular outflow tract, we reimplant the valve with a running suture line along those free edges to secure the valve in place and suspend that valve within this neoaorta. The operation then proceeds with coronary reimplantation in an endocide fashion on the side of these aortic root graft, and then an ascending repair. We don't want to wait too long when we see these patients. And so I think the previous discussions were important. Sometimes, even though these valves may be functional, when the roots dilated, they are under a lot of stress. And we see this in the operating room where the highest points of stress are along the commissures, where those leaflets are suspended along the wall of the aorta. If we let that aneurysm go too long, uh, even though you know, we can do operations to save them, the leaflets have been too far damaged with multiple fenestrations, rupture of the commissure, and the, and the need for a valve replacement. Furthermore, we've seen in several of the series where we've looked closely at our outcomes that there are a subset of patients who present with dissection, uh, but not in a typical fashion. Somehow they have a dissection that's not clinically apparent, and we find it incidentally when we get in the operating room. These patients, I'd say, are very, very lucky uh, and maybe we waited too long to replace their aorta. We've gotten better, though, and as we've learned to do these valve-preserving operations on a regular basis uh, with, uh, with a short cross-clamp time and, a, and, a, and a, a consistent operation, we can even extend it to patients with more complex disease, like this patient of mine, where the commissure was really stretched out with a lot of AI, but the leaflet tissues looked great. We were still able to get a good result by reconstructing that commissure and again, it comes down to thinking about the root as having these five different components, each of them potentially addressable with different uh, kinds of techniques in the operating room. And so here's uh, a patient with bicuspid valve. We're even able to offer these valve-preserving root replacement options to patients with bicuspid valves. So that just demonstrates the annulus was dilated. That was a 30-millimeter Hagar dilator. I'm just kind of eyeballing my, my uh, root size to choose the graft. We then place these sutures under the aortic valve inside the left ventricular outflow tract. After you've seen, of course, we deconstructed that whole route. You can see the coronary arteries uh, left and right uh, sort of floating in the breeze there, waiting for their turn to be reimplanted. After we get these sutures secured underneath the aortic annulus, we choose our graft. And for a bicuspid valve, I prefer to suspend the commissures 180 degrees opposite each other, so we create some symmetry to help to distribute the stress upon those leaflets. And so uh, I use this uh, valsalva graft, which has, has a sinus shape to it. 
We secure it down to the left ventricular outflow tract after passing those sutures through the base of this graft and tie it down over that Hagar dilator. We then proceed with reimplantation of the valve. We suspend the leaflets here 180 degrees opposite each other. You can see the little purple mark. The black marks are 120 degrees for a tricuspid or a tri-leaflet valve. After the valve is reimplanted, we then can do directed repair of the leaflets. Here we're plicating the elongated conjoint cusp so that we have, again, symmetry between the two leaflets. Here I'm demonstrating that that commissure looks excellent and those two edges line up. This other commissure was a little splayed and that's part of the disease. We can address that also with a couple of fine sutures to bring those two edges together. And then when we're done with this repair of this bicuspid valve that's been reimplanted and stabilized in that root, you see we've got two edges that are lined up beautifully. And that makes for a well-functioning bicuspid aortic valve. And that also addresses the root aneurysm. So this patient is left with a living valve option. Sometimes, like the first patient that Dr. Atiyah showed us, the patients have root involvement but only of one of the components or two of the components and not all five of the components of the aortic root. Like that young man who's 34, his root architecture was mostly normal, but he had a massively dilated annulus. The annulus was 32 millimeters on that guy. And so if we repair his bicuspid valve just by plicating his leaflets, it's gonna fail because that annulus is going to, and that root's gonna continue to dilate. So in these patients, though, we can still leave in a 34-year-old some native healthy tissue. Here I'm dissecting it around the root. You can see a clamp going behind the right coronary artery. We've dissected all the way down to the base of the root and under the valve. Here I'm going around the left coronary artery. And then like that reimplantation procedure, we're placing sutures underneath the valve inside the left ventricular outflow tract. But the normal sinuses of salva on the normal sinotubular junction have been left alone. So once we get these sutures underneath the valve, and again, these are uh, placed all the way around that, that space, we can choose a mitral annuloplasty band, happens to be available on the shelf. And if you uh, think about the diameter of a, or, or the perimeter of a normal 25 millimeter circle, uh, two pi r, like that ruler shows, it's a little over eight centimeters. And so the largest mitral annuloplasty band we have, this 35 millimeter band is about 83 millimeters. We can secure it outside this aortic root. We pass it underneath the right and the left coronary cusps. We place the rest of our sutures through that band. And then again, tie it down over that Hagar dilator to reduce this patient's annulus from 32 millimeters down to 25 to get it within normal limits. We then can do additional repair on the leaflets. You can see they lined up really nicely in this gentleman, and there's an excellent opening to this valve. We then just put his native aorta back together because it's not dilated, and it's still the best uh, elastic structure we have for delivering blood flow, and, and we can address that kind of root problem with a tailored operation. Our results are excellent. We're continuing to learn about these disease processes and offer uh, better and safer operations with the help of all the team members in this audience, and I thank you for your attention today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Like what you heard? Visit Tall Rounds online at clevelandclinic.org slash tallrounds and subscribe for free access to more education on the go.